0: Blog Talk Radio
1: oil medicine and fuel but if press the seeds we won't have no need for any other oil we can make paints and inks we'll run our car we'll go back next season it'll fix the soil the most nutritious seeds we can put in our mouth with 6 and 3 we feed the world with the tree of life and live sustainably greetings and welcome to another hemp episode of Hempaware radio This is your hemp inspirational host, Tyler Hemp, ready to share with you the top 10 reasons to continue farming hemp in the countries that it's legal to do so. And we're also going to discuss many other reasons why we feel that it's essential to start growing hemp in the United States, which is the only industrialized nation in the world that is not currently growing hemp for food purposes, shelter, clothing, and uh, the other 25,000 uses of hemp. So, uh, what's on the agenda for today and this episode is essentially we're bringing on a very special guest, Charles Holmes of Hempco Canada and Conscious Planet, which are two stellar world-class companies out of British Columbia, Canada. And the reason why I've chosen to bring Charles on today is because of his knowledge, his experience, his expertise in the world of hemp farming, hemp nutrition, hemp distribution. And so... <clears throat> We're really excited for this episode today to raise the awareness about industrial hemp, about growing hemp, the practices, uh, you know, what it takes to grow hemp. Is it easy? Is it hard? Is it, is it something a lot of people can do? Is it good for the economy? Is it bad? What's up with it? So as you may know, Hemp Aware Radio is committed to sharing the most essential information, tools, knowledge, and products that are all made from the cannabis hemp plant. And our vision and purpose is to spread seeds of awareness about these benefits and values and these different uses of hemp so that we can literally experience a paradigm shift on the planet on how we think, how we feel, how we operate from top to bottom in every aspect of our lives. And so if you're committed to spreading the knowledge and the truth about raising the awareness of hemp and Uh, you want to help, you know, raise the conversation, Uh, there's a a quote that my friend shared with me the other day, the conversation leads the nation. So it's what we're talking about, what we're thinking about, and sharing with one another that's going to make the difference and create those changes that we want to see in the world. So if you want to raise conversation and, and, you know, wear hemp clothing and eat hemp foods, uh, there's something else you can do with the Hemp Aware verified program and start wearing Hemp-Aware stickers and Hemp-Aware buttons to let people know that you are aware and that you want to spread this awareness. So with that said, I'd like to first let you know that I'm so honored and privileged to have such an amazing guest on this show today. Charles has committed his life to transforming as many people as possible, and he's committed and dedicated to mastering himself on all levels, and so... Uh, Charles and his father, Ken, actually discovered hemp seed uh, many years ago and almost 15 or more years ago, and uh, they discovered that it's literally the most optimal protein, and it has the most amazing source of healthy fats, essential fatty acids for human consumption, and so the Holmes family became pioneers in delivering the first hemp seed protein powder to the market and also over the years has developed some of the most amazing products. So now over the last 15 years, Charles has gotten better and better at bringing these magnificent jewels of life from seed to field to product while maintaining the quality, the integrity, and the best thing of all is it's hemp. (laughs) And uh, hemp is possibly the ultimate food, as we said, for human consumption so thank you so much for joining us today charles it's an honor and a privilege to have you and uh we're going to go into the top 10 reasons to continue uh growing hemp and why we should uh, start growing it in the u.s so thank you so much for joining us charles oh thank you tyler i am honored as well it's it's
0: wonderful to be on the journey with you And, and thank you for the opportunity to share some information and hopefully it flows out there into more hands and hearts and gets more hemp in the field.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. So we only have about 25 minutes uh, left to empower our listeners. So we're going to try to get to these questions uh, efficiently as possible and quickly as possible. Uh, and we may have a follow-up show if we need to. But um, now, if you're a hemp and uh, you may not necessarily be putting the seeds into the ground yourself, Uh, or maybe you do, but I do know that you have a wide view and a wide knowledge of a lot of the different aspects and the uh, steps that are required to bring these powerful uh, hemp seeds and hemp nutrition to ultimately millions of people. So uh, with your knowledge, would you say that hemp farming is actually beneficial to the soil and the land? We'll start there.
0: That's a really good question, and you know the bottom line is I see it when we're when we're growing on mass the way we do with enforcing soil to do things and have one crop in it for a large spread of acreage, it's hard on the soil in general, and we have to spend a lot of time building soil and putting things back in there to help get it back up so it can keep filling those needs. Just like our body, if we put it through a bunch of stress, it needs more nutrients to make to take care of that stress. But hemp mm-hmm. is unusual compared to the most plants because it doesn't take so much out and it does put a lot back in at the same time and uh, that's what's really neat about it Cause, you know, like alfalfa grows really deep roots so does hemp so when the plant plant is harvested a lot of it goes back onto the field and into the soil to replenish itself
1: hmm interesting so it's a self uh, regulating or self improving system where you're saying the leaves actually fall to the ground and and they have certain nutrients that help boost the nutrition of the soil for future crops. And the roots too. The roots when they grow these deep roots, they all, of course they don't get
0: pulled up when the The seeds are harvested. They stay and they rot, and the bugs and the worms and everything eat at it and make it into new soil. Right.
1: hmm Very good. Okay. So so hemp farming essentially is beneficial for the land. I mean, we've, we've seen mono, mono cropping, like you were saying, where different farmers will farm thousands and thousands of acres of the same plant over and over, and that can tend to destroy or denature the soil and dry it out or kind of uh, destroy the soil over time, which then makes it not very farmable uh, for future crops. But you're saying hemp is different in that the root system goes deeper, uh, the leaves are, are fixing nitrogen into the soil, and, and so it's, it's actually setting up a, a breeding ground or a hotbed for other uh, crops or including another hemp crop. Can, can you actually grow hemp over and over on the same land, or is it something that you would need to rotate?
0: You, you would still need to rotate, but... In general, you can. It depends on the farming situation, the farmer's inputs back into that soil. You could technically, in my opinion, farm every year in the same place as long as that soil got everything it needed that was taken out the year mm-hmm. before to replenish itself and give back to those plants what they needed to be healthy and, and uh, do, what they to do, mm-hmm. do what they need to do to produce what, what they do, right? So it's, mm-hmm. there's several variables. Well, of course, You've got climate conditions. You've got the, the soil you start with. You've got the replenishment. You've got the type of action that the plants are doing within the soil and, and its environment. So that, that's why there's a lot mm-hmm. of challenges you see as of late with conventional farming and weeds. And even organic acres are doing the same thing. All these different kind of weeds are growing up more and more and more because the soil gets more and more depleted. And weeds are herbs. And just like our bodies, mm-hmm. we use herbs to help replenish and, and adjust our, our body so we can treat the, the symptoms and, and build its immune system back up. Well, the soils doing exactly the same thing, and we forget that.
1: Wow, what a what an amazing connection that that it it's like we are a, in in the Bible it says and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So we are symbiotic and one with the soil of the earth. So so however well we can take care of that soil is going to determine the health of those plants just like us taking care of our microbiology inside of our system, it's going to determine our health.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, it's unfortunately We most people that walk around in stores and they don't realize where stuff comes from and, you know, we, we mm-hmm. tend to take for granted throwing stuff away, garbage away and things like that and don't realize where it ends up back in our food chain.
1: Mm. Well, with that said, um, is, is hemp farming something that is safe for the farmer in terms of uh, legality, in terms of actual growth of the plant? You know, do they have to use toxic chemicals? Um, you know, is it, is it overall a safe adventure for a farmer to start growing hemp? Well, yes,
0: for sure. Uh, there's several parts to that. So, first off, the, the, the only consideration that, that hemp has right now in North America, especially, is this legal consideration, which is, is based on agendas of bureaucrats, unfortunately, and politicians. Because the hemp plant itself, uh, compared to any other resource out there, is amazing for us as humans. Thousands of recorded uses, amazing food, amazing fiber, can make fuel products, all of that. But if you're, let's say you're in the oil industry and you don't want a competitor and you've got a bunch of money, you can buy off politicians who are going kind to of put in silly rules to say, well, it's a drug, which is ridiculous. If you consider how many people die every day, from meds and and alcohol and things like that, which they control as well. So the bottom Mm -hmm. line is, yeah, growing hemp is is going to be far better for us in many ways than most crops. But again, we're also not going to eat one thing. So we have to really consider our relationship to that soil. It's really so important. But the plant itself for farmers and growing is is amazing profit potential, amazing food potential, amazing, uh, you know, sustainability potential for us.
1: Exactly. Which brings me to my third question, which is, you know, how lucrative is farming uh, hemp for these different farmers? Obviously not everyone on the planet is going to be a farmer. We all have different purposes and gifts and there's many different aspects of the whole hemp industry. But for people that are into being on the land and and they want to farm or people that are currently farming all across Canada, all across Europe, all across the United States, as soon as it becomes legal here, how lucrative is it for these farmers compared to other crops? Well, there's two parts to that.
0: First is it's extremely lucrative right now because the demand is extremely high. So we have a system of supply and demand, and as demand goes higher and supply is less, prices change. So right now, farmers are in a really good position to get involved in the hemp industry. The second is... Mm -hmm. You know, we can grow a bunch of things like canola seed, for instance, but it is not healthy for us in a sustainable crop as much as hemp. So in the long term, is it of value to do that? You know, I, I have a couple of farmers that I've spoken with in the past who were considering growing hemp, and they were growing canola. And I said, let me ask you something. Do you understand where this product goes after you, after you harvest it? He says, well, I didn't really think about it. I says, well, no, we don't. But where it goes is for deep frying for oil in these fast food restaurants mostly. That's what you're growing. Mm. That's what you're
1: supporting. Would you consider right. doing
0: something that's better than that?
1: Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And it makes it so really, really a look at what, what. Go ahead. What was that last yeah, thing you just, said, really you, taking a look? Well, just, yeah, it just makes us reconsider
0: our intentions, Right.
1: Yes, and really take a a holistic approach to how we're we're not only healing our own internal ecosystem, but our our ecosystem and our environment. And this is an amazing, profitable, safe uh, plant that people can start uh, looking into all over the world, especially in countries that it's difficult to grow. So, So specifically, I would love to talk about comparing hemp to like growing hemp crops versus growing like cotton or corn or wheat or soy, why would a farmer choose other than what we've already discussed to grow hemp? Does it produce more food? Does it produce more products? Uh, You know, is it more – why is it better or is it better than growing other crops?
0: Okay, well, first off, for for the end result for us from the food perspective, it's unique because it provides so much for us, and it's very nutrient-dense. So we don't have to eat as much hemp seed as we would, for instance, something else and we get what we need for our, our needs, for our body, you know, for mm-hmm. a deficient state of nutrients. Second mm-hmm. is it can be a dual crop because not only can you harvest the seeds, but you can harvest the fiber from the stalks, which can produce thousands of different things from rope and paper and clothes to car parts to anything you can imagine because if it's, um, uh, it's, it's the longest, most durable fiber on the planet. And when you mix it with other things like resins, you can make stuff that's even stronger than steel. And it's, the plant stands there all day long, and it's carbon sequestering. So it actually makes carbon fiber all day long. And carbon fiber, if you look at it, is an expensive thing to purchase. But this hemp plant does it for free all day long. So that's just two things. So, again, if it's growing deep roots, helping replenish soil, it doesn't need the typical fertilizers and these other plants do because they get weak. And these are strong plants. And they outperform all these other plants in general, as far as I can see. And so it has so many other things going for it, and it's rich with its um, ability to provide us as humans things that we require to have a convenient, comfortable life and, and grow with all the things we do. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, every single we... facet. I don't see any ways that is it is really hurting us.
1: Right. and 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 not only that, but to mention – you know, this whole idea of how much water is required to grow cotton versus hemp. Like, isn't it staggering amounts less that we actually need the the Earth's resources to grow this plant? Correct, yeah, because
0: hemp can grow deep roots. It can take water from many different levels, whereas, uh, you know, something like cotton, for instance, uh, you know, it's got a different root formation Mm. and Yes, it's... because, again, people have been growing the cotton on the same land over and over and over again, the plant, the you know, the soil gets really depleted, so they tend to have to add more fertilizers, and the, the plant's immune, immune system gets weaker and attracts more bugs. Just like our our, our bodies, mm-hmm. we have a depleted immune system. We start picking up viruses and bacteria very easily, or parasites. The same happens with mm-hmm. these plants. So now they start spraying them with weed killers and things like this and to, to help overcome this. So it, it just becomes, you know... Uh, a cascading effect in the wrong direction of how to work with our land and our plants and our and stuff. that supplies what we need.
1: Hmm. Wow. So my fifth question is: Has it already, and will more hemp farming boost the local and global economies?
0: Absolutely, I have no doubt in my mind. Finally, the the you know the people who have, these, these bureaucrats who are starting to realize with more pressure from us that their decisions to keep holding us bound to these silly rules of legalization and, and putting in a drug category right beside cocaine and heroin is a little bit insane because <laughs> <laughs> it can provide so Fairly. much on so many levels. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, the, just going just fiber your fiber, for instance, the, yeah, the amount of fiber that can be produced on an acre of, of hemp compared to trees is four
1: times the amount. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. So, so with that said, does a farmer have to actually treat the soil differently if he's growing hemp for food products and seed versus if he's growing it for fiber products and rope and twine and fabric?
0: Yeah, good question. Yes, because the hemp seeds, they're, when you grow the, the shorter plants for food like we do, the, the taller plants, they can grow 15, 16 feet in a season that they grow for fiber. And they usually harvest them mm-hmm. before they totally ripe and the seeds start to produce so they get the nice soft fiber on the outside of the plant. And, but for us, we're growing these short little stocky plants that are tough, and they, you, they're going to use different things out of the soil, and we go right to ripeness, so it's going to use more nitrogen things to help feed those seeds what they need to feed us. So, yeah, when we okay. look at a soil after that, yeah, it needs a certain things in a different way. So we have to test the soils and, and be kind to what it needs to, to produce the next crop
1: hmm which we'll, we'll get into that in just a moment on what you're doing to, to maintain the quality and integrity of the seed. Uh, but the next question nice. is, what has been the biggest challenge that you've experienced in working with hemp farmers? Um, yeah, good question. The biggest thing is our
0: ignorance. I'm finding most farmers do not know how, how to grow anymore. They've been so under the thumb of the big pharma chemical companies and how to do things a certain way and government mm. uh, regulations and things like the, the Canadian Wheat Board and, and, and cornering these, these people so they can't go into different markets and they get you know, caught up in all these regulations and bureaucracy and they don't know what to do anymore. They don't even, they don't even know how to work with soil. They got two and three generations of families that really, really have a challenge to even figure out how to grow things properly anymore and they're, and they're scared. That's the biggest mm. thing. The second is yeah, the second is just yeah. re-educating and, and breaking those mm-hmm. boundaries, you know, and trying to get the, the youth back into the fields. I mean, most of the farmers are also old. They've, they're, 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 they've got one in two generations of children beneath them that are living in cities now. They're not going out to the farms anymore and growing. And then you see these big farming operations starting up where they're buying up these smaller farms over and over and over again, getting mm. thousands and thousands of acres, growing these, these big multinational corporations that – They take a lot less consideration on their soil than these guys did for sure. So I have a feeling
1: I have a feeling that there's gonna be a whole new generation of children that are gonna recognize the importance of getting their their feet and their hands back into the soil so that we can be more symbiotic with 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 our nature and with our environment but also with the foods that we're consuming Understand. You know, nowadays children don't even know, you know, an apple from a, from a, from a tomato. They don't know where it comes from, how it's grown, what's required for it to, to, you know, grow, be grown and harvested. And so I can, I I have a sense that there's going to be kids coming up that are wanting to get in touch with nature more. And and these are the farmers of the future that we're here to, to inspire and to encourage to follow their highest excitement and their dreams to, to be able to to do this farming. Um, so with that said, what's the best thing about working with hemp farmers? The best thing is that they're they're really
0: encouraged to, to see that there's good money in a, in a crop that's going to be long standing, and that there's, there's a bright future for, for them. You know, it's, it really shows that there's a possibility. When they get caught up in just growing wheat and canola and these things over and over again and they start to realize what they're contributing to, it's just hopeless, but all of a sudden they see the potential now, and you're seeing you know, the provinces of Alberta and Saskatchewan and Manitoba, a whole new flurry of excitement and interest in this new crop and, and, and all the diversification of what's going on. It's, it's very exciting. I just had a conversation with someone from Agricultural uh, Department in Alberta and the government, and, and you know, I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm pretty much opposite to how government people think. And agents think, but she was really on board. She really was getting it, you know. And she was so excited that there mm. were things happening, and they were doing everything they could mm. to help, help the industry, and help farmers, and help interested parties from all over the place to get information they needed to make decisions to go forward. So it's, it's really, really fun. Wonderful to see. Uh, That's great. To get them involved. Well, yeah.
1: It it sounds like you know when we make these changes internally in our in our own consciousness and within ourselves, those impressions upon our our subconscious about what's possible and people like you that are out there every single day committed to spreading the knowledge and the wisdom and connecting with people and you're doing it from the inside out, we're going to actually see that reflected in our governments and in our institutions, in our corporations. We're going to see the transformation from the inside out. It's no longer about knocking down the doors trying to change people from the outside. But as Gandhi said, you know, to be that change that we want to see in the world, and that's a a beautiful example that you just shared of seeing that change happening from the inside out, and that's awesome. So we just have a couple minutes left, uh, about six minutes left, and I have two last questions that deal more specifically, um, you know, with the importance of consuming organic, conventional seed, because I know a lot of people are very conscious of what they put in their body and they only want to consume organic or wild or local uh, foods. So what is the distinction? Is it important that people only look to organic seed, or is it okay to consume conventional seed? What's your take?
0: Yeah, that's that's a really important question. So in my opinion, the bottom line is there really is no such thing as organic anymore in North America that we could even consider. We have so much cross-contamination. We have so much... Air pollution and water contamination. Um, it's, uh, we have, three years ago at our Canadian Hemp Trade Alliance. One of the government officials from Health Canada said there was no such thing as organic in Canada. I mean, it only up until now, we were not allowed to even test for chemical residues. That's how. Wow. That's how much they knew. The challenge was organic certification over conventional. Now it's not to say wow. we don't do our best. To, yeah, it's not to say we don't do our best to go and keep buying and, and growing organic foods. But organic has an idealism that we have to address. So when we look at Rudolf Steiner and biodynamic growing, in my opinion, that's the ultimate. But how do you do that on a 1,000 acres? A farmer cannot afford to do it. There's something in between we can do. And here's what we discovered, and we call it SAFE, sustainable agronomics and food essentials, where we take the same premise, where we're putting living things back in the soil and energetic treatments such as enzymes and bacteria and fulvic acids and humic acids, and we can mix those with a small amount of, of these fertilizers like nitrogen and things like that to put it back in the soil with ease and grace and not hurt the soil and actually drive it into the plants much easier, just like we would take supplements in a health food store. So we can get small amounts of the stuff that gets way better utilization by the soil and the plants at, at the least expensive uh, rates that we can do to, to make it viable for everybody. But the plants do wow. so much better because they're getting these, these super nutrients and trace minerals really fast. And the immune system, just in my last test for, the, for, for one of my farmers who did a before and after of his seeds from his crop, the, the, the immune system in the plant doubled just in one year of doing it this way. So in my opinion, just wow. like the body, you we're know, living in the same environment. It is, it's a polluted environment. We, we all know this. It's obvious. We have a big challenge with this. So what do we do? We have to supplement with extra nutrients to overcome the deficiency state, and we must get rid of the toxins. So we have to do things abnormally. Instead of just growing food in your garden, it's not enough anymore. We've got to do other things mm-hmm. to treat the, 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 our, our, you know, our body and our environment to make it more balanced. We do this with the soil. Mm-hmm. We're getting amazing results. So it's available to us. So, again, do whatever we can to produce organic, clean food as possible, the super nutrients added to the soil and to the, our food chain and our immune systems boost their immune system boost everybody goes up and toxins are released from our system easier so yeah I mean I don't know about you but we all change the oil in our car and do filter changes and, and how many times do we do gallbladder and liver flushes to clean out our filter organs
1: because they're full of stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow that's a yeah. good sound so so depending upon how well we we take care of the soil I'm on the same boat. I I almost look at organic as, you know, it's only one little tiny um, aspect of what's behind a a food or or, or a crop. I prefer to get all my produce from local farmers that I know – you know they're they're putting minerals and and like you say uh, healthy bacteria into the soil and they're yeah. making sure yeah. to use spring water and and water that's not treated with harsh chemicals like fluoride and chlorine so that you know it's yeah. getting structured water into the plant structure and uh, yeah that's support, that's support, going to reflect yeah. in our own Supporting health the too, not the ideology because you
0: you can't just do crop rotations anymore, it's not enough. Soil is depleted, that's mm. the bottom line. Whether it's organic or conventional, we still have to address this issue, Tyler, and if we don't, you know, we'll look around us. Is there more sick people or less than before? <laughs> is there more hospitals mm. or less than before? Is there more medications right. and treatments? And,
1: yeah, exactly. Well, that's beautiful. And one more time, what's, what does SAFE stand for again? Sustainable
0: agronomics and food essentials. So we are now involved in specifically educating our farmers on how to build soil and how to apply themselves to, to even grow above organic. Is it, is, can we call it dynamic? No, it's not that level because that would be a, a, another ideal. We don't have the, the,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the ability to do that right now because we're in just such desperate need of these nutrients in the soil. So we're looking, again, to, to
1: get it as fast as possible in, into a, a harmony. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Charles. We have about 45 seconds. This is your hemp host, Tyler Hemp, with HempAware Radio. And today you heard special guest Charles Holmes of Hemp Co. Canada and Conscious Planet, two of the most amazing companies in the world. Go to HempAware Radio uh, or hempaware.com to learn more about different aspects of how you can integrate hemp into your lifestyle, and uh, we will have... Uh, Another episode coming up shortly. Uh, Thank you so much again, Charles, and uh, we love you all. My pleasure, Tyler. All the best. All right. Bless. Blessings.